Hi, this is Chase Masterson from Star Trek Deep Space Nine and Vienna, and you're listening to Nerds vs. World. Welcome to Nervous World, Episode 5, Weekend at Nerdies. <laughs> and that was the wonderful Trace Masterson there, just giving us an introduction. And also, hopefully, the theme tune to <laughs> the production values going through the roof this week. Skyrocketing. <laughs> um, I am Brendan. I'm Spindles. AD is, is not with us this week. He is in Japan, visiting his lady friend. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we were, we were one host down, but uh, we figured that as we were going to be talking later on uh, about the uh, the sci-fi weekender that we, that we just come back from the other, the other week, um, we thought we'd bring in a couple of extra guest hosts in the form of uh, my lovely wife, Emma. Hello. And uh, my daughter and now acclaimed rock star and superstar of the, of the sci-fi weekender, Megan. Hi. <laughs> Right, of course, we'll, we'll explain that later on, but uh, yeah, the professor has joined us for this podcast. <laughs> professor Megan in the house. Yeah. In fact, are we going to be having Professor Elemental as our musical interlude? Uh, yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the very lovely Professor Elemental has uh, has uh, said that we can use uh, one of his, one of his tracks on the show. But uh, again, we'll we'll chat a bit more about Professor Elemental later on. Outstanding. How are we all? Very, very well. All recovered? Yeah. Nearly recovered. Nearly. Nearly. Everybody gotten over the horrendous con Con flu. flu. Yeah. Yeah. That went on for quite a while. I've only just got my voice back this weekend and it's starting to go on its way out again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's nothing like talking for two or three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Tonight's going to help you you voice. (laughs) It's going to make yourself so better. (laughs) So what have we seen this week? What are the big issues for conversation? Oh, stuff that's caught my attention in the news. Um, there's been lots of kickstarter news going on recently. Uh, some big projects been announced and some uh, kind of fallout and, and things from it, which is the, uh, I don't know if you've seen it today, the uh, Veronica Mars movie has oh, gone Kristen on Kickstarter. Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah did see, see a bit of that. So that, that, that's gone quite huge already with people uh, paying out tens of thousands of dollars for a, a single line speaking part in it as a waiter and stuff. Wow. So, yeah, it's uh, Kristen Stewart from Twilight, etc. Is it? I thought it was Kristen Bell. How much from... is she? Is it Kristen Bell? Sorry, Kristen Bell. Yes, yeah. sorry. Of course it is. The <laughs> brain falling I was out. I say, how much is Kristen Stewart going to pay to be in that film? <laughs> <laughs> you don't think her career is going to come back from Twilight? <laughs> oh, we can only hope. She did well for Razzie's. <laughs> yes, she did. Yes, she's awfully well at the Razzies this year. Uh, yeah, so there was there was that being announced. Um, then there was, um, I don't know if you caught it, Amanda Palmer's TED talk. I saw her TED talk. Have yeah. you seen that? Yeah. It, isn't that just like it just inspired you? Come out watching that, going, I'm just going to go and do something yeah. now. That was brilliant, and I, I like the way she rephrases the question. So it's not how do we make people pay for music, it's how do we let them. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a. Uh, a really key lesson that the industry could do, do with learning and do with learning quickly. Yeah. Uh, I think there was what, 25,000 backers and nearly 1.2 million yeah. raised, so it's, it shows people are willing to pay for, pay for music. Well, yeah, I mean, if you put it in the context of what she said, because she was talking about uh, when they released the first Dresden Dolls album, uh, and what was it, the record company said that they'd sold something like 25,000 20, copies. 25,000 yeah. copies, and they considered that a failure. failure, yet the same amount of people who bought that album generated one and a half millions worth of revenue for her to make a new album. Yeah. It's insane. But also she was saying that <coughs> that when um, she's had people coming up to her and giving her a tenner, 
and saying, oh, I ripped your album off a friend, I'm feeling really guilty, here's the money. Yeah. Um, and it's about if you've got something that that's actually worthwhile and that people want to pay for, then people will pay for it. The people who are getting really upset um, are the absolute mediocre and the X-Factor type guys that people aren't prepared to pay for their talent. Well, I think we've learned as well from, from various sources that if people are given the option of paying and, and the accessing, they'll do it. Because Valve, the entire concept behind Valve was that people pirate because they have the access to it. So Valve put their gaming community online, the games online for sale, at the same level of access that a pirate would have. And people buy games from Steam constantly mm. through Valve. So it's not a question of people choosing, wanting things for free. It's a question of how they want them. They want them now. They don't want to be restricted by opening times or release dates. They want global access. And when they have that, they're willing to pay for it. Comes out of something we've spoken about before, yeah. which is kind of how you want to consume something. And like we're very much in the mentality that it's like, oh, we want to watch this now, yeah. can we? And you know, quite happy to pay for a service such as Netflix, Love Film, Google Play, iTunes, or whatever yeah. that, that allows us to consume that media when we want it. Yeah, Megan's very interesting because she's nine, nearly ten now. And when she was little, she didn't understand why things were as they were. So only it, Tweenies is on at this time. But I want to watch it now. And then I said, that's just not, it's not possible, darling. It isn't possible. And then iPlayer came along. Yeah, okay. you've got all this stuff that you, you used to be, I want this now, I want this now. But you can never get it. But with all these things that are going on, they've got iPlayer, Netflix... Love film, all that. You use all of them and YouTube. Yeah. So, and it was it yeah. was only two weeks after you complained about the lack of access that they made iPlayer available. So now you just change between different channels of all the different media we mm. have at home, don't you? It's like you consume seasons of stuff in a go. Yeah. Yeah. You, are, you are the first person to start it from very little that you don't know anything else you're the first generation i think there was one point when we had to have a conversation with her because she was like oh that's finished now i want some more of that it's like darling it hasn't been made yet yeah. like what do you mean i can't watch more of it now <laughs> yeah. does it not exist Where can, well, why can we not just go out and get it like i say you're, you're very much part of the on-demand generation mm. i guess i think it's called generation i but it's little i as in the itunes <laughs> i the i gen yeah <laughs> makes sense well, I think it's a wonderful thing and it's not just the, the Kickstarter side of it as well it's, it's the other side how it's distributed because like, they've got humble bundles so you've got humble games you've got humble literature humble, humble music it's just like if you pay that little bit extra you get that tiny bit extra yeah I, I, I've just bought the latest humble bundle for Android again we're up to humble bundle 5 now I was, I'm kind of getting a bit irked with it now because I keep buying them and, and then a couple of weeks into it they go oh we just added all these cool new games to it and it's like three of the games from the last bundle oh no <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll leave it for a couple and then just go back to it but no it's cool I did my first ever Kickstarter project this week. Funded or started? Uh, uh, funded it, yes. I've never funded one before, so today, this week was my first week with awesome. uh, Clemency Slaughter. Um, As is the Jonathan Green. Jonathan Green, Jonathan Green yeah. and Tom Brown, yes. Yeah, I funded the Oatmeal's Indiegogo campaign for the Tesla Museum. So far, I funded the Amanda Palmer album, uh, Elite, Dangerous, 
then there was a uh, a documentary called Turn to Page 400, which was a documentary about fight, uh, the fighting fantasy books. Oh, wow. Which didn't get funded, unfortunately. Oh, bulls. Um, oh, I wish I'd known about that. But the other, the, 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 and the good news on that is, again, about John Green, is that um, he's, his one did get funded to make an encyclopedia about the Final Fantasies, so there, there will be some Final Fantasy stuff coming out, because he's, he's republishing and redoing a load of the Final Fantasy books. Awesome. Very, very that was cool. my first. That was probably my first exposure to role play. Was the pen and paper, pick your own adventure yeah. things. Yeah. I had a, a Biggles one, and that came with a, a compass and lots of other bits with it. So you had to actually get the technical elements right, or actually get sent off to the wrong page, as well as making decisions. That's, that was fun. That's pretty hardcore. Yeah. I mean, there were loads of different ones that kind of came off the back of that because there was a series called Lone Wolf. A series of books. Yes, I remember that. It was kind of very similar to Final Fantasy. But yeah, I love the original Final Fantasy books. Again, similarly, it was one of my first experiences of role-playing, taking you through that that kind of high fantasy environment. It was the the pen and paper equivalent of Zork. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Those sort of old-school computer games, text-based adventures. They're they're brilliant. You can still do them now. Yeah, I think... uh, one of them is a hidden game on one of the Call of Duty games on the PS3. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, my primary school had one BBC for the whole school, and if you were very lucky once a year, you got to play on the text-based adventure. Yeah. I got to play on ours tons. I was one of the people who actually understood it and yeah. got the concept of L maths very quickly. Yeah, I think uh, I had Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy text-based adventure. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Which, speaking of which, belated happy yeah. birthday for the other day. Late 61st to Mr Douglas Adams. Indeed. I put my Tal Day video back up on YouTube. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, excellent. You look, you look an expectant, Megan. What was your first experience with computer games? Oh, um, probably at school, because we do, we did Math Zone, we used to do that. Her actual first experience of computer games was um, when she was very, very small and we lived in Dunstable and we had the iToy and we were doing the playing windows, you know, the cleaning windows going with uh, on, on the iToy where it's, you know, it's doing with the When I'm Cleaning Windows song. <laughs> and I, I realised instead of waving my arms around frantically, I could just pick up baby Megan and clean them far more efficiently. <laughs> instead of using a hand to clean the screen, pick up Megan and just wave her at the camera and clean the screen. So she was used as a dishcloth as her so first was... computer game. <laughs> Well, that was lovely to know. <laughs> it's all coming out today. So yeah, you were a, you were a peripheral. Yeah. I hope I don't turn into one of those scrubbing ones that you scrub against the window. Yeah. So that was your first computer game. Because we had the PS2 for when you were little. Well, I wasn't very involved with the game, was I? <laughs> Actually, you, you were kind of you were kind of key. I was yeah. <laughs> move left to the right, left to the right. You were, you were basically a controller. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the you Wii were, controller. Yeah, you're a living, breathing Wii remote. <laughs> <laughs> but back to role playing, back to computer games. You were going to run. Uh, Original Red Redbox D&D, yes, yeah, weren't we you? still not got around to it yet, but I, I, I've got all of the, um, managed to get hold of PDF copies of all the original Redbook expansions, so I'm going to start making my way through all the expansions, because uh, AD bought me uh, a pad with a lot of character sheets and graph paper and stuff on yeah. it. And... Made it, didn't he? 
I think his mum put it together yeah. for him. I think, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're, we're gonna get round to doing that on a Sunday afternoon and yeah. do some do some uh, geek and, training. And Meg, will that be your first tabletop role play game? Well, yeah, probably. But we did do the role play light at Lydia's. Well, we did a, a games, games night. night games yes, night. where we played Trivial Pursuit. Well, Star Wars. Well, we played normal truth, which yeah. I didn't do very well at, and, and then we played Star Wars truth, which I feel a bit bad about because <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of kicked a bit of ass at that. <laughs> so yeah, I, that's, I kinda, a, that's allowed. I picked the figure. I picked the figure. <laughs> it's like which halfway. Did you pick? Yoda. Halfway through, Ooh. I was just kind of sitting there, red faced, going, like, "You know, you can. We can stop this at any point if you want and play the Bond one." Because <laughs> Daddy doesn't. Daddy's not very good at that. I know I'm not very good at Bond, but uh, yeah, I, I felt a bit. <laughs> yeah, but bad. well, we did have a bit of a close call between us and another team, didn't we? Yeah, we, it took it took us a while to actually win the game because we kept getting getting interrupted on questions and people getting them instead of us. So. Yeah, because you got the last five seconds. Yeah. Everybody could shout it. So yeah, it was just... one of the DVD triv games. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, on on that we're, we're going to talk about the uh, the Worcester tabletop yeah event that leads quite nicely into that. Thirtieth of March, thirtieth of March at St Swithin's in Worcester. I will put a link to the Facebook event in the blog post. But essentially, it is the one year anniversary of the tabletop show on the Geek and Sundry YouTube channel. Uh, Which, if anyone that hasn't watched, don't seriously go and watch Tabletop. It's it's brilliant. It, it's literally Will Wheaton and his friends playing yeah. board games and filming it. And, and it might not sound the best, but it's, it's brilliant. It's absolutely hilarious. He is rather wonderful. He yeah. is. Will Wheaton is just an absolute genius. So to celebrate that, they're having International Tabletop Day. And uh, we couldn't find many events in the UK, so we've started one. So it's Nerd vs. World and the folk at Rule 32. Rule 32 is... A Kickstarter project that is on hold at the moment, but it will be for a geek gaming venue and cafe, which will be opening in Worcester, should it get through the Kickstarter phase. Oh, hello, that's... Somebody give me a notification on Facebook. Go away. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, when the Kickstarter campaign goes live, we'll plug it on this show. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Um, well, yeah, so I'll be there doing interviews I might take a bit of a film crew along as well I think maybe just film a couple of games yeah. I mean, we'd love to be there and not, not sure though because I think we've got my parents and, and Emma's brother over for the weekend so I think it's looking unlikely we're going to be able to make it unless we can kind of I don't know send my parents and your brother off to do something together <laughs> <laughs> we go up to Worcester for the day do, you know, do, we, do we think we go can convince my parents that, that Martin's like their son and take him out and do stuff Either that, or, or we just drive them all to Worcester. Yeah, come along, come to, come gaming, bring some games. So yeah, basically it's a, it's a, it's an open invitation to everybody. Come along, bring a board game, the Superdrome, which is a game and toy shop in Worcester, are uh, lending us some demos. So there'll be a few few games out there. I'm taking Settlers of Catan along because it's Settlers of Catan. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, if you haven't played that game, you have to play that game. Um, so I'll be there. I'm thinking possibly of doing, uh, maybe running a D&D sealed envelope, two-hour quick adventure, cool. if I can get players, or maybe run a fiasco game. Mm. But definitely Catan. Uh, I think there's been a call for Flux already. Yeah, Flux is fun. I think Munchkin will be there. We've got uh, Soro, 
Yeah, there's a lot there that you haven't played. But the, the main card game you know is uh, Killer, Killer Bunnies. Killer Bunnies, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, we um, took a lot of our games out, but we still not played um, Cthulhu Munchkin. Munchkin Cthulhu. Munchkin well, Cthulhu is awesome. We really need to do that. And we've even got a cute Cthulhu as well. Cute uh, We've got a plush chibi Cthulhu, yeah. Yes, that's the one. Well, so one thing we're going to be asking all of our guests is to pick the five films to join our list that they think everyone absolutely must see. Yeah, it's something that we started on the last podcast. We've put it up on the on the Facebook pages, and, uh, yeah, I think as we're going to be starting getting more guests now uh, as, as time goes on, then uh, we're going to start asking everybody for their five films to add to the list. So, yeah, five films. Go on, Moo. All right. For my first one is Gremlins 2. I think it's one of the... Really, it's really funny. It, uh, it makes me smile quite a lot. Gremlins Two, cool. Gremlins Two is a good call. One of the sequels that is just as good as the yeah. original. Yeah. In, in some way, it could be argued better than the original because the original was not really intended yeah. as, a, as a comedy. True enough. It's a kind of dark comedy, but more erring on the side of horror. Whereas See, Gremlins, Gremlins Two was very much comedy. Gremlins yeah. is my favourite Christmas film. <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> Gremlins and Die Hard. Awesome. <laughs> then, then my second one is The Goonies. It, no arguments here. Excellent film. The, uh, night, it's about a few boys going on. Uh, I, I, think, I think most people listening to this will know what The Goonies <laughs> is, darling. There's yeah. a couple of girls in there as well. Uh, okay. And then my third one is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Any, any reason why Prisoner of Azkaban no. and the others? Because Dobby doesn't die. No! <laughs> Excuse me. Actually, it's because I really like it when they go through time and backwards. Ah, right, OK, so it's the whole kind of end bit where they go back in time and redo yeah, everything. Yeah, that's, I found that really funny. Cool, you like quirky time travel movies? We can work on that. <laughs> <laughs> Do a few years, I can watch Primer. Yeah. My, my fourth one is The Hobbit, the new movie. Yeah. That's a good call. I think we all saw that together, didn't we? We did. Yeah, so. we did. It was our first time seeing it, and you're. Uh, that was my second. Was my second time. Only second. Yeah, my second time. Yeah. Okay, and my last one. Well, I've got two in my head, but I'm going to pick one. Go for it. Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest, of course. Yeah. And where was? In where did I you first see it? I saw that at the Sci-Fi Weekender for my first time, and it was really good because. I loved it when everybody was shouting out lines and laughing very hard and it just, it was, it was different to going to the normal cinema, I've got to say. Oh, very different. Yeah, very different because you have, nerds. yeah, yeah. <laughs> drunk nerds. <laughs> it was at five o'clock, they weren't that drunk. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> you, you, saw, you saw me on the first night. Yeah, we'll have to discuss that a little bit I think we'll just go into it now. I think, yeah? Yeah, I said we'll go into it now. Because that was... Well, let's talk about Sci-Fi Weekend. Yeah, sure, yeah. Because okay. I think... That was your first one, wasn't it? Yeah. And it I think was... it's good that you're all here, because it's meant to be a family event, so let's get our family's so, opinion of it. Uh, I really liked the first night. It was just all the kind of people who came early, mm-hmm. most of the VIPs. Yeah. You were a bit bored queuing, but the queues weren't as long yeah. as last year. God, so, last year the queues were so year, bad. Last year would have been hours and hours and hours. It wasn't Oh, as my bad. feet would have been dying. <laughs> yeah. um, but while um, 
Daddy was cute, and we went off for a bit of a wonder, didn't we? We did. And we saw lots Starbucks and Papa John's pizzas and all fish places. Papa John's pizzas, without which I wouldn't be alive after that weekend. <laughs> I tell you, that is, I swear to God, that's the truth. Because uh, you saw, you bumped into me getting on for seven o'clock yeah. in the bar. We've been yes. there for a couple of hours. And I was three sheets of the wind by that point already. Yeah. I was steaming drunk. Team Sailor Jerry. Team Sailor, well, that's the thing, they didn't have any Sailor Jerry, so we, we brought our own bottle. We were sat on those tables at the top, ordering glasses of Coke, and then just topping them up, and like within an hour, that bottle had just gone. Then I was on the JD, and then I was on the Captain Morgan. Oh, yeah, just, just quickly to put this out there, drink responsibly, folks. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. If you don't, Megan beats you at Norton Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ass by a I, nine-year-old at Norton Crosses. I beat, I beat Mummy with, with Norton and Crosses. Not as much as you beat Brendan. <laughs> How did I? I only got a few draws and he won once. It's true. I, I did actually win the one game of the five that we played. But I kept, I, I kept, getting, I kept getting thwarted in the other four games. Yeah. I, I won the first one. And then she learned quicker than I did, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> and I couldn't win again. <laughs> I kept trying and trying, I just couldn't win another game. Um, <laughs> well, well then, then you went to the quiz. How was it? Well, the quiz on the Thursday night was just a little warm-up quiz. Um, I'll be honest with you. With I, like a million teams. Yeah, I don't remember very much. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. All I remember is there was some guy... Um, on a table near us who kept shouting out Twilight as the answer to every question and like it stopped getting funny very very quickly but we we saw him all weekend when we were sat in the Q&A's we'd just look around and he'd be a couple of rows away from us we couldn't shake him he was like this bad penny that was just there the entire weekend and when we were checking out we went to drop off some friends to their caravan and we drove past two caravans up was this guy's caravan? It was just like, no. But all weekend he was just there. But he was shouting, so you remembered him then? God, yeah. He was shouting Twilight during the proper quiz on the Saturday night as well. Oh. Just, oh Perhaps he's got some form of restricted Tourette. <laughs> can, can only shout out terrible films. Yeah. Jerry Falls. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong turn. John Carter. <laughs> <laughs> That's made somebody's list of top five. I noticed, yeah, Davey. Yeah. yeah, I was yeah. like, really? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Friday. Oh, it was the gaming breakfast. Ah, it was the gaming yes. breakfast, yeah, yeah. Yes, and we we got breakfast, and then we went up to find you. I went up to find you, but you, I couldn't find you. You're probably gone somewhere. Well, I was at the gaming breakfast for a bit on the Friday morning, but then... My film crew had arrived, so I but had to go off to the Galactic Nights. The rest of the day, we didn't see you at all. I know. Although, you just disappeared. <laughs> I did. Well, I was in rehearsals for The Flash Mob at 10 and 2. Um, and then where else was I? I went to a couple of Q&As. I went to Chase Masterson's Q&A, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Yeah. She was just <clears throat> incredible. Um, although I didn't have the balls to get her autograph. <coughs> so somebody got her autograph for me. No. That's, it's something I've got to do. One thing on my bucket list is actually talk to a celebrity mm. and get their autograph, because I haven't yet. Simon got her autograph twice. I've got two autograph photos that uh, my mate Marcus got for me. 
because I, yeah. I got the uh, Vienna CD as well. Um. We listened to that in the car on the way back. Fantastic fun. Oh, I've not had a chance to listen to it it's yet. It's really, but, uh, really I, good I, fun. I will do. But uh, yeah, so she, she very lovingly recorded the uh, the intro for the podcast. She did. While yeah. chatting to her, she said that you know she'd be up for actually coming on a podcast. So I've, I've really got to kind of put that one to the test and send her an email back and go, look, were you serious? You want to come on the podcast? I hope so, because that would be amazing. You're probably not going to be able to talk, though. No, I'll be like Raj from the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I'll have to get I'll have to get blind drunk before the show. Bottles no. of beer under the counter. <laughs> Sailor Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I was it the Friday or the Saturday that you yeah. cosplayed. Saturday. It was Saturday. Saturday was the cosplay. Right. So on the Saturday, I was in the I think it was the Peter Davison panel, and I finally got some internet. And I was looking on Twitter, and I saw a tweet from a last called Joe, who I follow uh, at. Puss in a Box on Twitter, mm-hmm. who said, just met the loveliest family all cosplaying as Harry Potter, daughter of Hermione, father of Snape. And I was just like, I bet that's them. There can't, there can't be more than one family. And I looked um, across and I saw you guys coming into the, uh, the VIP section. We've actually found quite a lot of people who were doing Harry Potter. We found Mad Eye Moody. We've, we found a, a whole lot on the Saturday night who were, who were all gone as uh, Harry Potter characters, but they're a lot older. But, yeah. yeah, but... Hagrid and Harry. There were Harry. at least two Hagrids kicking around at the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, most of them were near a drink. <laughs> <laughs> most people were near a yeah, drink. Yeah. To be fair. <laughs> a lot of the weekend, yeah. Yeah. But oh, just, keep, just to keep the cold out, that's what it was. And we, we saw another Snape. We did, yeah. There was another Snape in their group, and we had a Snape off, which of course I won. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think you would have because you couldn't stop smiling, <laughs> not for one I'm, second. I'm, I'm too happy to be Snape. <laughs> Disappointing, isn't it? Oh darling? dear. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take that on board. I know. I'll, yeah, I'll accept that. That's fair. I tried to get you to do it for one second, and you just, you just. You stop for a second, then you just start smiling again. It's hard. It's hard not to smile when you're surrounded by nerds. Well, Absolutely. to be honest, that was when the Peter Davison panel was on. Oh yeah, we yeah. can't. You can't help but smile during that yeah. panel. Absolutely. Seeing, seeing my doctor on stage was uh, that was Because I had that pleasure last year with Sylvester McCoy. Because oh, he was my was doctor, fun. and he was fantastic. The great thing about the Peter Davidson um, interview um, this year was because he was with Fraser Hines. And uh, it ended up just, instead of talking about Doctor Who, talking about having your hand up a cow. Yeah. <laughs> they, but they both and birthing foals. Yeah, they both got form for uh, being TV vets. Indeed. Well, yeah, Fraser Hines was in Emmerdale for years. And Peter Davison was in James Harriet's... Well, it's the adaptation of it shouldn't happen to a vet, wasn't yes. it? So, so awkward, just great and small. Yeah, yeah that's it. Which my overriding memory from when I was little was having his hand up a cow. Yeah, he saw that with my folks. <laughs> they don't do they don't do TV shows like that anymore. Yeah. So what were you? What panels did and you I'm go to over the weekend? I'm glad they don't. <laughs> oh, you you need to go onto YouTube or some some way of getting hold of that show, and watch some old episodes I'm, of What We Just Created for. I I vaguely go on YouTube. <laughs> vaguely, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which. Yeah, sorry, oh. panels, yeah. Which panels? Which panels did you get to? Oh, I saw the Trace Masterson one, um, which was great. Did you stick around for the, the, the Manu into Rayme one? No, I had to go run off for another oh. Galactic Knights. Uh, that was hilarious. Yeah. Ew. I saw, he, he, I didn't, didn't recognise him, and he came into the rehearsal room where we were with the, the Galactic Knights, and he was like, 
do you know where this fabled Wi-Fi is? I'm just like, I have no idea, mate. But I didn't realise it was him. But I saw him all weekend after it, that. He was very, very funny. Yeah. Very rude, but very yeah. funny. Daddy said afterwards, um, I'm glad he didn't have an interview or he interviewed himself. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, he made you laugh anyway. He said your favourite word of the day. He said the word turd on stage and she just creased. <laughs> Oh, he's talking about farts. <laughs> she nearly expired when he was talking uh, about farting. Fart superhero, it was about, wasn't it? Oh, he's talking about, yeah, and then we were all saying, it's the spleen. He's like, what? Spleen? Mystery man. <laughs> um, didn't he say that was a rubbish film? No, he said that. He said that he could he, be he a was, better farting superhero. He'd be a better superhero. farting superhero than spleen. Fart off! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he, Sorry, he was he quite amusing. Sorry, so, so I missed his. Um, Peter Davison. Went to his Q&A. The Brian Blessed Q&A. Oh, of course. Obviously. <laughs> Second year in a row and he nailed it. Yeah, indeed. Knocked out of the park again. Um, I didn't that was see... more bad than teaching of Megan. She was quoting him for ages afterwards. Yeah, Megan learned what goosing someone meant <laughs> from Brian Blessed. <laughs> we, we really weren't safe for the week after then. <laughs> teaching a small child that it's amusing to nip people's bottoms. <laughs> Cheers, Brian. <laughs> Uh, but what a legend (laughs) yeah what a legend he's an absolute superstar he's so inspiring just the way he talks because he's done all his climbing up Everest meeting the uh, the Dalai Lama and then going he's about to go into space Space, and it's just like my god this man is just insane 76 and he's just full of life yeah so Megan what did he say Gordon's alive (laughs) (laughs) what was his words of advice though don't let the bastards grind you down. That was it. That's the one. That's it the wasn't one. it live up to your dreams. Oh, something, yeah, just yeah, go for your dreams, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, he was just basically saying, you know, nerds tend to be the people who come up with all these amazing ideas and make all these amazing things and just go absolutely. and do it. Yeah. It, it was so bad that we got didn't get to see the introducing uh, Flash we, Gordon. We missed him introducing Flash Gordon. But yeah. as soon as we got home, we watched Flash Gordon. I, we did indeed. It was a good... I really liked it. Yeah. And I think that Dalek... You didn't believe that again. lying Dalek? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, the lying Dalek, that comes a bit later. Yeah. We'll, we'll get on to the lying Dalek later. Uh. <laughs> I saw you get accosted by Darth Vader, though. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, he was uh, making sure you weren't a princess. <laughs> he, he, he said that, are you a princess? I went, no, he said, but you look like one. Yeah, and yeah. as we were walking away, he told me to cut my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get trolled by Darth Vader? Yeah. <laughs> um, Oddly, I got trolled by Titan as well on the, the Area 51 oh, performance. Yeah. <laughs> Came up and grabbed my hair and did the Tarzan yodel. <laughs> See, I missed, I missed that because I was at the quiz. Ah, uh, well, yeah, again, we'll, we'll get to um, yeah. 51 was Friday night, wasn't it? Friday night was the Area um, 51, imaginarium, um, yeah. So you... Hang on, just quickly, still on panels. Did you get to see the uh, the digital that distribution was, panel? Well, yes. That was one of the most disappointing things of the weekend. Really? Yeah. Because it was, the panel was comics going digital, mm-hmm. save your suicide, yeah. uh, the feature of the comics. And so I was expecting a big thing on digital distribution. Yeah. And that was my dissertation topic. Yeah. Uh, I focused mostly on music, but wider media distribution of the digital age was 
really interesting. Well, that's it? something we've spoken about yeah. before as well. So I was really hoping for a, a good panel. I was approaching it like a lecture rather than mm. the panel that at a convention. Maybe that was a mistake. And they spent possibly 90% of the panel talking about digital versus physical art. Mm. So the process of creating the comics, whether they draw or whether they use graphic tablets and Photoshop. Right. And that was their focus on comics in the digital age. Right. Very little on distribution. A five-minute show of hands at the end where they were just like, oh, we should talk about this. People in the audience, if you have the choice to get a book but you're going to get it in one format, would you go digital, hands up? Or would you go print and everybody else put their hands up? In a panel audience which was massively undersold mm. there were so many empty seats right. um, that in combination with the ridiculously poor sound quality oh yeah that was, that was the best weekend off. for me was the sound yeah. issues but yeah with with the comics panel just the fact that they couldn't use the mics mm. constantly popping i was just like i, I almost walked out at one point i was thinking god stick around though because I might want to stick around here. For Did you see any of the V for Vendetta? No. Yeah, you, that, you would have hated that even more, sir. Because I mean, we saw the um, the preview of it on the Friday night at the Area Fifty One showcase. They did like the first five minutes of it, and it looked amazing, and we were like, really looking forward to seeing it. But then, just all the tech issues that they had there, just you couldn't hear the girl playing Evie. You could hear V, all right. His microphone was working fine. Yeah. But Evie couldn't hear a thing, so you're hearing half of the conversation and just yeah. yeah. I'm really, on, really sorry for it. It was on yeah. the same time as cosplay registration, and cosplay registration is very silly. People laugh, joke, and have conversations, and it was in the same space, so there was no way that it, it could really compete with that. Yeah. And I know what they're saying that you know it was a very late addition to um, the um, the event, and that was the only place and the only time it could go, which is fair enough, but. It really needs a better place next year, and, it, and yeah. it needs to, I think, perhaps get away the panels out of that area because the sound wasn't great, and it's very much a transient area. So well, the trading yeah, because that was bigger. that was the spaceport. So you had the panel, the signing zone, and yeah. the trader zone, and the Papa John's, and, yeah, and <laughs> everything and in that one area, yeah, and the gaming zone, yeah. the gaming zone, which was two bean bags and an Xbox, effectively, mm. uh, which does not a gaming zone make. No, Although I, the highlight for me was watching uh, a Sith Marauder and Obi Wan play Star Wars Connect. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite funny. Well, if they do do another play, I think they should find a better place. Well, yeah, I think they should put it either in the main, main stage, or yeah. on the main stage or in the screening zone. Yeah. Because that would work fine. All the seating's there. You've got all uh, the kind of space at the bottom end for them to do it. I, I, I don't believe that it could have been the only place they could have put it in the only time because at that point, I think the main void was shut because yeah. it was getting ready for the evening do. But I think they needed to get spend loads of time doing dress rehearsals. And mm, I suppose, but... Yeah. I, I think they could have done with putting stuff maybe an hour later yeah. or so, well, just to get it on the main stage. Well, I think that's been, the th that's been the feedback for a lot of people about V. It was that V was something they were looking forward to, yeah. but the sound quality made it ridiculous. It made it unwatchable, yeah. utterly, and I, I felt really, really sorry for yeah. them. We were, we were registering for the cosplay, yeah. which was great fun. Yeah. We met the uh, Pac-Men, didn't we, and the ghosts? That was the and funniest thing on Saturday night, is watching a Kong King started by Pac-Man being followed <laughs> by ghosts. It was, they were just, no, next no. year, he he said next year he's going to try to find something that's a bit easier to drink in. Yeah. 
And the, the, one of the greatest ones is there was two steps up to register for cosplay. Oh! Which was absolutely impossible for Lego Batman and Lego Bane because all they could do is slightly shuffle and they were in the queue and these two steps were like Massive the end it. of the world so they had to kind of hold on to people while they shuffled their feet up and then tip them forwards onto their feet and they could shuffle towards the judges well, but the, the, the judges were Chase Masterson and Sam Stone and, and David, David Howe and it was, it was really funny well Lego Bane wasn't having any of it. He, he just took all his costume off and put it up to the top and then he put it back on again. But Lego Batman went she, through. Yeah, she, she, she can do it. She can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really good fun queuing for that. The queuing, I, I bought loads and loads of sweets and snacks and stuff to give out to people in the queues. No queues. <laughs> <laughs> Did that mean you ate all of the sweets and snacks? No, I brought them into work <laughs> and I uh, put on my uh, old party rock playlist, old hair metal tracks, and I was giving away sweets to my students if they could name the band. It was like <laughs> bands like I had Warrant on there, Skid Row, I had uh, Cherry Pie, uh, Boston, Foreigner was nice. on there. So if they if they could guess the song, they got a packet of sweets because I couldn't eat them, so I just give them away. Compared to SFX three, the queuing and the organisation was was better yeah I thought so uh, I just think the atmosphere was lacking for me mm. the, the site was just a bit too big because the pub was over one side of the bridge and then the, the main yeah. arenas were over the other side you were mainly just walking over a bridge mm. that was most I, I think there were some problems with the pub as well in that it was more of a restaurant than a pub and I don't think they were too used to people wanting to hang around and drink <laughs> yeah <laughs> and play board games and, and just chill out games, yeah. so it's going to take I think there's a campaign for next year to... They had a little separate lounge area. Yeah, because there was the... Uh, was it the owner's lounge? Yeah. We might try and get that, mm. I think, as a board game area. That'd yeah. be quite cool. That would be... Because I, I think that was the thing with me with the gaming zone. was I, When they said gaming zone, I didn't immediately think computer games. I thought, like, at, at SFX3, there was a big board game area. Yeah, well, that's because Stevium came down. Yeah. And uh, one of the traders are doing demos. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I envisaged something more like that, that we could sit down and play games, but no, it was all like Xbox Le- and Lego Minecraft. Rock Band. Yeah. Lego Rock Band, too. Yeah. definitely that. Yeah. The other panel I saw, which I really, really enjoyed for the second year in a row, was Just a Minute. Just a Minute. We yeah. only briefly saw that. We only caught just we a minute could, of it. We just, <laughs> we just kind of heard... We couldn't really hear anything, so we went... Yeah, we, 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 we were a bit else. far at the back, so uh, we couldn't really hear anything. So and we, we couldn't really get to the again. front. Yeah. But no, as soon as uh, Emma Newman had put on Twitter that she was on it and she was nervous about it, I was just like, I tweeted about it, no, you're going to be fine. And she said, thank you. And I thought, I'll go and see her. She was brilliant. Nervous to start off with, but she fucking nailed it after that. Her and Gareth Powell were so funny. Uh, I thought Stacia Kane would be more vocal, but she was kind of subdued. You're still hung over from the Thursday <laughs> night. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Uh, and then Phil Cornell, obviously, was hosting it. And doing another grand job. Because how, how did all of the um, Nathan Fillion faces end up on the stage? Uh, well, the Nathan Fillion faces, that idea was an idea that started on Facebook with Sue Hadrill, uh, Cherry Bomb. Yeah. And I think she got uh, Steve Ellison involved, and I think he printed them off. And then I had the idea of doing a Tumblr, which hasn't happened yet. But essentially, because he couldn't be there to photobomb, we had photos of Nathan Fillion's face yeah. on, on a stick so he could photobomb people's photos with Nathan Fillion in his absence. And I think he'd been drinking with 
Steve Ellis and the SFX Forum crew on the Thursday night, and they, they what well, they just asked him, and Paul Cannell was just like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" <laughs> so. So the entire the entire panel hid their faces behind a Nathan Fillion mask. It was brilliant. <laughs> so yeah, just a minute panel. That was brilliant. What films did you pick for the five? Films? Oh, that kind of came out of nowhere. Sorry, um, it's just. Oh. It's a good call. But we'll get back to it, Max. Don't worry. Mine, the first one was Gross Point Blank, which I think was also on. Was on mine. Yeah. My second was Stardust by Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Of course, and. Um, the Imaginarium of Dr. Panassus, yep. which is a very good film. That film helped me stop smoking. Really? Yeah. When I was quitting smoking, um, I was doing the Shampix drugs, so it's a case of like, you take them and they destroy the nicotine receptors, and then you pick a quit date, and you work towards that. So you cut down your smoke cigarette intake towards that quit date. And uh, I was with a very good friend of mine on my quit date, and we went to the cinema so that I was in an environment where I couldn't smoke. And we just watched films. And that was one of the films we watched. Imagine oh, Dr. Wow. Yeah. Cool. That helped, that got, that got me through that, that first 24 hours cigarette free. And mm. it's been three and a half years. I, right, think I, I, I can now say that I'm now an ex-smoker. It's been over four months now. Yeah, oh, good work. I, you, you said that you would stop smoking when we moved house. Indeed. And yeah. you did. Yeah, I think I've, I've, I've managed it. Uh, I think the big thing for me was going to the Sci-Fi Weekender yeah. and seeing if I could get through that without smoking. And yeah, did it. So yeah, I think I can I can safely now say that I've quit smoking. I've never realised you smoked, to be honest. Well, indeed. I've never yeah. realised. Yeah. So there's an exclusive for you, folks. Yes. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Film four was V for Vendetta. Good call. Fairly not obvious. And number five is a film called Real Genius. Oh, yes. Um, this isn't actually out on DVD in this country. Uh, you used to be able to get it on Betamax uh, in the in the 80s. Wasn't it on Le- Love Film? It is now, it? yeah. It is on Love Film now. That's where you can get hold of it. You could always get hold of it in America, but in this country you couldn't. And it's a, it's a film about a load of geniuses at a boarding school um, with um, a very young Val Kilmer. In it. Really? And how yeah. their intelligence is abused to make a laser. If you think kind of like Eureka in the 80s, but it's a high school. Okay. With Val Kilmer. <laughs> You're about, you'll be about right. crazy. That's, that's the first film on the list that I've not even heard of. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> that's one you have to go and watch. One I have to go and watch. And it's on a love film. Is it on the on demand service on love film? Uh, is, it? is it not Netflix or is it love film? I think it was Netflix. Actually. I thought it was love film. Mm, I know, it's on one of the two. Try both. <laughs> both. We'll find out and let you know, sir. I've got both. So I'll but do watch, both. watch Real Genius. Okay, I'll give that a shout. Good call. Now is a good time to stick the musical interlude in if we're going to yeah. do a quick yeah, chat okay. about the Saturday. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll put on uh, a Professor Elemental track who was uh, who he played on the Saturday night and um, was ably assisted by uh, Professor Megan. Uh, I think we'll probably put fighting trousers on because I really like fighting trousers. <laughs> That's a great tune. It's basically it's his song, which is a response to finding out that there was another kind of steampunk rap artist called, um, is it Mr. B, the Gentleman Rhymer? Yeah. And it's basically him doing a kind of musical challenge slash diss to uh, yeah. Mr. B, so, the Gentleman cause... Rhymer. Kick back and enjoy some Professor Elemental strapping on his fighting trousers. <laughs> See you on the side. Jeffrey. 
What's that you have in your hand, boy? Pass it over. A telegram. Oh dear. It seems someone has been biting me. Fetch me my trousers at once. No, not those. Those are my time travel trousers. Those are my tea trousers. That's it. Those ones. My fighting trousers. Regarding your recent foray into the rap business and the scene you portray See, I don't normally approve of war games But he's buying is what they all say And by Harry, they might be right This is hip-hop, not an Elvis night Shelve this professor impersonation Let it end now, it's impertinent waiting You seem a reasonable chap What you need to do is rap and not parody chap-hop Cause that's not proper, just not cricket Put away your ukulele or I'll tell you where to stick it I... Don't like your tweet, sir. Will. Teach you the professor's ready. Not. Let's see who strikes the loudest. Lou. Put on my fighting trousers. I've got super producers and fans that play me. You have a granddad's moustache and a ukulele. Don't look around, sir. I'm speaking to you. Roll up your shirt sleeves. Queensbury rules. Never test professors with the cleverest wit. Let's settle this like gentlemen armed with heavy sticks on a rotating plate with spikes like Flash Gordon. And you're Peter Duncan. I gave you fair warning when this George Formby clue is performing audiences go home before he begins talking a new career might be more rewarding i'm a bright bright and clear your raps peers morgan i don't like your tweet sir will teach you the professor's ready not let's see who strikes the loudest Lou. put on my fighting trousers i've not seen you at cyphers or workshops with kids or gigs dear sir you're not worthy of this sold out to coca-cola used for a trend and that means you're banned from using a pen hope it's safe to assume you won't do it again set foot on my stage and get ruined again be out mr b i set the egg timer there's not room in town for two gentlemen rhymers leave town by the end of this instrumental yours etc etc sincerely and so forth professor elemental i don't like your tweet sir will teach you the professor's ready not let's see who strikes the loudest Lou. put on my fighting trousers I'm sorry, Jeffrey, but it, it gets my goat. Gets my dander right up. It's bloody told him. No, no jazz solo. This is supposed to be a diss song. Jeffrey, get off the drums. Welcome back to part two. <laughs> and there she is. That's what made her a superstar over the course of the weekend. But yeah, it all started with the, um, the steampunk panel. So, of course, she'd got up and, and asked a question there. And then after that had finished, she went, she basically followed all the authors because that was it was uh, Robert Rankin, Jonathan Green, Sam Stone, and Raven Dane on the Steampunk panel, yeah. which was once again one of the best attended panels I saw for the entire weekend. Um, and she basically followed them from where they were on stage into the author zone, uh, which is the top end of the trader zone, and then went straight up to uh, was it Sam Stone first? No, no, it was, no, it was, it was Jonathan was... Green first because she'd she'd won an inappropriate book, Emmys for uh, Monster, yeah. on the Steampunk Tombola. Not, not an inappropriate book; it's just apparently the story in there. It, it was a bit inappropriate for her. Yeah, it, it's a uh, it's a little um, hi, more highly rated than than Age um, Nine, apparently. Right. So we have to keep it away from her for a few years. Unless you read it. Unless I read it. So we got that sign first. And then you went down and you spoke to... 
Uh, well, Book Ranking and got yeah. this book. Today. So the Saturday we go to. Um, we go there and it's, it's Professor Elemental and he gets up on stage and, and he's absolutely fabulous. And he sings a, a few songs. Yes. Um, and then he has monkey butlers because he has a monkey butler himself called Jeffrey. Um, and so then he gets the monkey butlers to go and find four people in the audience. And as he looks down the row, he really changes his mind and says, no, three people out of the audience no. and, and, and this little girl here. So then she got up on stage. And what did you have to do on stage, Maggie? Well, I had to get and put on a hat, a hat and a kind of coat. Was like it a, pith, a pith helmet, an explorer's helmet? Yeah, yeah and a like, safari coat. Yeah. Uh, as her nana said, she was taking the pith. <laughs> <laughs> and I got up on stage and I had to face the audience and close my eyes. I had a bad feeling about this though. <laughs> so when you said you're gonna wait you so they're gonna try and wake you up, I took a few steps That's backwards it. from the edge of the stage. What happened was the three other people, they were auditioning to be monkey butlers and they had to do several tasks to see which was the best monkey butler so they so, could be Professor Megan's. So then what happened? Because they all became your monkey butler so they all got monkey heads. Yeah, they did. Um, he started, he did a rap and he said, follow me follow what I do and I did and and I I did sit and then he left the stage he got off the stage let's see how this looks and then I I didn't actually hear that he he was getting off stage and then he looked at me and I was still dancing (laughs) and he said I am not needed anymore it's the Megan show (laughs) oh and then he came back on and he said, a dance solo, and then he just, he stepped off again, mm-hmm. stepped to the side, and and I carried on dancing. And they said, and for the wonderful Professor Megan, and I just heard a crowd. In. And the crowd went wild. wild. <laughs> oh, yeah. Superstar. And yeah. then... Superstar was born right See, there. I wasn't there because I was at the quiz. I only heard about it through Twitter. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> through people I'd never met <laughs> tweeting about Professor Megan. <laughs> you know, I was like, is that? That's got to be. How many of the nine year old Megans are there? Here? And then there was a quiz against the anti Pope. That was Des wasn't it? Yeah. See, I've heard really bad things about him on Saturday night. I wasn't there, so I can't comment on it. Uh, to be honest, it really wasn't that bad. No, yeah. I mean, it was. He used the same joke a lot, which was the obvious Pope joke and small because boys. Because the the anti Pope is a book by Robert Rankin. Yeah. So uh, whether or not everybody in the audience got that it was a book by Robert Rankin, or they just thought it was because it was the Pope thing and the ad- recent allegations, yeah. I don't know. But obviously, there's not that not that much material you can get out of that. But the whole quiz itself was. Was, was very funny. It was actually quite cool. I mean, it was, yeah. there was like multiple choice questions. They'd been around for the weekend filming people and asking them questions and yeah. then it was kind of multiple choice and the, the audience and the people on the stage had to choose. Well, okay. this is cool. where the, the Dalek comes in. 
The Lying uh, Dalek. The Lying Dalek, the okay. The Lying Dalek, yeah. It started out with a quiz which was just Robert Rankin and uh, Deskin. Deskin. Yeah. And that, that's where the Lying Dalek was. Yes, that, yeah. But then they, they, they split the audience into halves and then they were asking the questions and they were uh, asking the audience which one they thought the answer was. And, of course, there was, uh, the, there was this... Dalek, who was asked, what's the worst science fiction movie of all time? And he had a choice between... Well, he didn't have a choice, it was just what... It, the... Did he say A? I, I can't John remember Carter. what the options were. Was, yeah, was... Which it is. <laughs> there was John Carter, uh, and there B. was uh, Flash Gordon and something else. Yeah, and he said Flash Gordon. And the Dalek said that Flash Gordon was the worst sci-fi movie ever, and so the it's audience... obviously a lying Dalek. <laughs> yeah. And the audience had gone for John Carter. Yeah. yeah. But then they showed another clip later on of Brian Blessed being asked the same question and he said, John Carter. <laughs> and he's like, it's rubbish. No, he didn't. Well, he said something a bit worse than that. <laughs> but there were, there were lots of questions as in, you know, which, which girl did Brian Blessed like the most? And, oh, what did the Predator like as his honest pizza? Yeah, what type of pizza does a Predator like? Oh, it was horrible. It, it, he had a choice between the meteor, pine, ham and pineapple, or margarita. He liked margarita. Vegetarian <laughs> predator. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> so, and then after that section, there well, was audience participation. Yeah. Yeah, well, they basically started getting quiz games. <coughs> Bless you. Uh, Thank you. And so they, they, they got a couple of people up on stage to help them out. And so... It started off they picking from their teams, and there was only three people. And then Robert Rankin picked an extra person, and that, which was me. And he pulled me off the anti-Pope side to his side. Because we, we were on the side of the audience that was on Deskin's side, but she no. defected over onto Robert Rankin's side because he wanted her on her team in the quiz. So can we get Megan up here, please? I want Megan on my team. And then he got. Another person, which was a guy dressed as a mogwai. Yes, there was a dude. Uh, I saw that. that, was, that was the, it was a spike, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. The, the boy next to me, he was about 10 or 11, mm. he said, well, that uh, he's, he's dressed up as a gremlin. And uh, I was just, I was going... Ah, no, 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 no. It's a mogwai, not a gremlin. It's not green. You, you are officially a nerd. You are officially a nerd when someone Correcting gets... People yeah, when you correct head. someone who gets a really minor thing like that wrong, you, welcome to the club, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud. I've never been more proud of anybody in my life. And, and then... The sad thing was, Professor Elemental was on the other side. That's right, oh. yes. Professor Elemental ended up on, on Deskin's side, but that was fine. Mm. So, yeah, she had a, an absolute whale of a time. And it was, as we were walking around on the Sunday morning, we went to get some breakfast and picked up some pastries from the spa up there and wandering around. And everybody in the camp was like, oh, well, morning, Megan, how are you doing? No Harry Potter costume today? It's everybody on the camp was like, oh, that's it, star is born. Yeah. It was the greatest introduction to that sort of event that she could have ever have had and yeah. getting to, had a chance to do the cosplay and then getting yeah. involved with the, the stage stuff that she adores yeah. but and the books that she adores so if we were going to sum up highlights of the weekend oh. Bren? highlights just a minute Chase Masters and Brian Blessed friends the good friends there's a lot of good friends there I'm meeting new friends as well yeah. uh, meeting mm -hmm. authors um, meetings 
steampunk authors at that. <laughs> but uh, being with friends... Mm-hmm. You're meeting, becoming a honorary mascot to Team Sailor Jerry. Jerry. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the only sober one at the party. <laughs> the, and being in my costume, I think mm-hmm. that was one of the fun parts. But most of all, I really like being on stage. Emma? I really liked introducing Megan to everything and getting her to see it all for the first time. I couldn't do that the year before because I didn't trust Pontins to, to have her. Um, Haven, definitely, yes. Um, yes, meeting people and um, having chats, really. Yeah. yeah. Daddy? Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I really enjoyed the, the Thursday night get-togethers. Uh, mm. So when we got to meet all, the, all of... Uh, your mates that we not met before. That was quite cool. Yeah. Nice to meet everyone there. Well, there was... Because uh, me, Sue, Andy and Marcus had gone to last year. So Dave, Barney and Rhodes, that was their first time as well. Mm-hmm. And they loved it. Rhodes, he was... He was in heaven because he got to meet Fraser Hines and Peter Davis. And he's yeah. a massive Doctor Who fan. He spent the entire Saturday in his unit costume. Yes. Which was, which was brilliant. We were playing, we were playing mini golf. Did <laughs> you? In his, in his unit costume. So yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, I enjoyed the steampunk panel again. That was really really good. Uh, I, I enjoyed meeting a lot of the the kind of celebrities and things this year because we we didn't do that last year because we didn't get signing passes or anything last year. So it was nice to, to actually meet a lot of people and uh, hassle them all and get them all to do intros for the podcast, which will be great yeah. over the over yeah. the forthcoming weeks. So we've had Chase Masterson introduce this one. Hassling them? Oh, I didn't hassle them. I, I asked them if they would kindly record. Uh, an intro to the podcast for us. Because the other massive highlight for me was doing the flash mob on the Friday night. Yeah. I'll put a link to the video in the description, but on the Saturday night, I talked down a couple of film crew with me, on the Friday, sorry, uh, and we were working with the Galactic Knights, and we filmed uh, a flash mob. And it went more or less to plan. The video didn't go quite to plan, because we had no idea it was going to be so busy. We had no idea that Sheik were only going to remove half the seats from the dance floor. Yeah. There was no space to move on there. Um, but the videos turned out really well. We couldn't get it quite in line with the rehearsals, so the brief was just make the video look epic, and they've done that. So that's uh, Matt Stacy at Static Airwaves and Joel Rundle at the editing shop, who both did this for Nerd vs. World. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, and the Galactic Knights love it. Go check it out. Well, we're all, all booked in for next year. Uh, yeah, so we, uh, we're booked in with AD as well. He's going to come along next year, AD and Faye. Uh, so uh, we'll have the whole Team Nerd versus World there next year. And Team Sarah Jerry are going to be there in force as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we can try and you know hopefully do a live podcast recording there. That would be awesome if we can next year. It'd be nice to record something there for sure. Uh, be good. If we could do a live stream, that'd be great as well. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. It would be awesome. Um, but, yeah, so but every good, you've got to have the bad, so bad points of the weekend. Anything? Oh, that's going to be difficult. Well, well, that's, that's, a re- that's a really encouraging sign. There were a couple of bad things for me. A couple of the panels that I saw lacked direction. The moderation could have been better, keeping it to the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sound quality. Yeah. For me, the sound quality was a huge mm-hmm. issue. And then the, si- the, the quiz on Saturday night. The quiz is always too difficult, though, isn't it? No, well, last year the quiz was great fun. And it hasn't been for everybody. And and the quiz is a, is a big group event. You have all your teams and it's kind of competitive. But it should be inclusive. Everybody should be able to answer questions. It should, no one should be made to feel stupid. But this one felt 
more like sci-fi London just getting their wang out and saying, this is how smart we are on sci-fi. <laughs> See if you can touch us. They had an entire round on the Twilight Zone, which is like, if, you, if you've if you not watched it, that's ten questions you're not going to get an answer for. Yeah. Um, and some of the stuff was really obscure. It felt, it felt borderline elitist yeah. at points. Certainly... From what I can remember of the Thursday night quiz, I remember thinking this is this is quite elitist. Um, and I'm I'm no slow coach when it comes to answering sci-fi questions. Like I got quite a few. Twilight Zone that round, no fucking clue. Mm. But a lot of the other stuff I got. But still, it felt rather divisive. So I would like to see a much more rounded, much more involving mm. quiz next uh, year. Well, just like you said about the. Sound quality. The I think that they could try a little bit harder if they do an, another play to find it in a better yeah. place and try to get some better sound. Well, I think one of the and problems you had, Moo, was because we were right at the front and the bass was deafening you at the front. Yeah. And as well, you got the... I thought... They should try get some better internet next time. Yeah. We had the whole weekend. No internet, no internet. Final night, there was internet. Thank you very much for that 21st century child. <laughs> <laughs> next time, more internet. <laughs> yeah. On-demand generation, there we go. Emma? But having, having a few more places to be and to get around, so, like, more space in the trading port would be yeah. good. I think I, I'd echo a lot of what's been said. I think sound issues for me were a, a major problem. Yeah. Um, I think that there needs to be a balance found with VIP in that VIP should be made to feel a bit more special, but non-VIP shouldn't be made to feel like second-class citizens, yeah. i.e. being forced to stand, stand. Yeah. Um, things like that. So I think there just needs to be a little bit of balancing going on there in terms of what the offer is for VIP and non-VIP. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see some uh, some kind of A-list names again. Um, like, don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with any of the panellists that I saw and any of the celebrities, but uh, you know, some, something from uh, some of the current genre shows would be nice, yeah. current Doctor Who or some current, um, oh, I don't know, some, uh, even stuff like Battlestar Galactica or something yeah. like that. There's a load, of, a load of shows out there that we've not seen any, any people from those shows in there. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. in general, yeah, uh, we'll be back next year. Yeah, again. I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. We all, we all had a blast, so we'll all be back. Yeah. Um, but there's always things that can be taken from it, obviously, that can be improved. That's it. And you've already started work on your costume for next year, haven't you, man? Ah, oh. yes. <laughs> so who are you going as next year? I'm going as the main character from Girl Genius the Comic. Cool. That's, that's her current idea. We'll see how it goes. See how it goes. Year, I have I have big ideas for a cosplay for next year. And we've got all the Nerf guns we're going to paint up. We're steampunk everything up. So yeah, we're going to do a big steampunk affair. Yeah. So yeah roll on next year. We'll see what the, what the announcements are when they come out for uh, what guests are going to be on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, and speaking of guests and to get us onto a different topic, I okay. Think that well, that's we're going to just draw a line under the sci-fi weekend yeah, tonight. Absolutely. We yeah. all loved it. Yeah. We'll be back. There are just minor things which could be improved. Yep. Which absolutely. Is cool. So yes, in terms of uh, guests, because uh, after sci-fi weekend and things, I've, I've kind of started trying to get us more guests on the podcast, and I won't go through who they are at this point. But I'm quite excited that we're going to be starting getting people in on the podcast. Yeah. 
starting as of this evening with our wonderful guests. Thank you. <laughs> That's quite all right. But uh, it kind of got me thinking, uh, and it's a question I wanted to pose to you, which is, who would you have on the show? If we had a guest on the show and, and we had someone on, at which point would you turn and go, yeah, this podcast is a success because that person's been on? At what point would you kind of go, yeah, we're getting guests of this calibre, we're, we've done really well. This is just to kind of set the floor for where we are now before we've had all the guests on and see where it goes. God, I don't know. Who I... would you like to have on the show? So many people. Go on, um, stick some names out there, let's see. Will Wheaton, Felicia Day. Will Wheaton, yeah, oh, yeah. Felicia Day, Felicia Bon Day. Bonnie Burton, Nathan Finian. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe you would. L maybe you want Chase Masterson. Because <laughs> well, you've been going on. <laughs> I would love Chase Masterson on the show, but I'd like to speak to a guest <laughs> without getting too nervous. But no, yeah. So that's. But well, we've already we've already agreed that Chase Masterson will be yeah. top of it. Neil Patrick Harris. That's a good show. Ah, yeah, Neil Patrick. Actually, uh, Chris Hardwick. Yes, I Chris, love to get Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick, CM Punk. <laughs> yeah. If I get CM Punk to do a podcast, that would be the balls, man. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd really like to get some of the guys from Joss the Whedon. podcast on. Yeah, Joss Whedon. I'd like to get Joss Whedon on. Yeah. Um, but this is shooting. Oh, yeah, no, indeed. I, I was just, I, it, it just struck me as kind of Stan like... Stan Lee. Ooh, get Stan Lee on the podcast. That'd be interesting. Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. I could just go. I, to be honest, the next half hour of this podcast could just be, you. Could just be me going. Who would I like to meet? Yeah, I like to meet. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking of a guest dream list. I just thought I'd put it out there. For yeah, you, well, so I'm just, just have, I a, think have a think. Whoever about. I follow on Twitter, pretty much <laughs> you make, your entire Twitter my, list. My Twitter list. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll start out and see see what heights we can. Flushy day would be awesome. Um, Dodger from Press Heart to continue. She's one of the people who got me into YouTubing in the first place mm -hmm. when I started doing a little YouTube show. Um, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. He's, he's we one would of have to have Kevin to have Smith on. on the show. Yeah. George Lucas, even if just to ask him why. <laughs> <laughs> so, George, episode one. Why? why? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be it. Simon Pegg. Yeah. Who um, would you have? I think so, some of my main... Some of my... Ideal guests, you've already mentioned some of them. Kevin Smith yeah. is what is one of one of mine. I'd, I'd really love to have Kevin Smith on as a guest. I'd love to have Chris Hardwick from the Nerdist yeah. on. I think he's brilliant. As as is Will Wheaton, um, Neil Gaiman and Amanda Palmer. I would yeah. love to have on as a, as a, a duo. As a duo for sure, definitely. When would be case of going through heroes? It'd just be going through people I admire. Yeah. people that I aspire to which would definitely be the case in terms of Will Wheaton Kevin Smith yeah. Zachary Levi yeah. Um, yeah. from the Nerd Machine yeah. Felicia Day all these people who have seen technology seen what they can do with it and have done and something utterly embraced yeah. it and, and used it as a, a means of getting content yeah there. I mean I'm, I'm looking at MA MAs at the moment I'm looking at MAs with a possible path towards PhD and I'm looking at topics and I'm moving more away from my, my audio digital distribution side. I'm much more looking now towards um, cultural studies mm -hmm. and looking at the nerd phenomenon and actually doing an MA in that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's those, those are the people, those are the names that sort of really inspired me. Yeah. 
uh, Kevin Smith especially because it's yeah. just like I read Tough Shit mm. by Kevin Smith I was just like yeah, I can relate to quite a lot of this um, so yeah those would be those would be the I know I know this show has made it when we have those kind of guests on mm. um, but yeah yeah, and Kevin Smith, he's, he's turned the art of talking about art into an art. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Kevin Smith is one of the ultimate get up off your bum and do it people. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, even if you've just got one camera and a shut shop one evening, you know, you can have a stab at making. Yeah, well, that's why, that's why I like where I work. Because mm. I get to use all this equipment to, to do this sort of thing. Yeah. I spend a lot of my time recording bands mm. which is great I love I love working with bands I love making music but talking about things that interest me and having this this medium with which I can express my nerdy joy about the things in my life that I enjoy which aren't work so the comics the films the TV shows that I watch mm. and getting to have that conversation and then getting to move it to Facebook and Twitter where we can have the interaction and have the engagement from other people and, and the listeners that's that's amazing. That's why I like doing this. Yeah. Um, and that's why I moved it to this format. Originally, it was a YouTube show. It was a YouTube show that was me doing a, a five-minute recap of two or three stories in the news that week, which isn't the same sort of thing. It's not the same as this. It's, it's not a conversation. It's a bulletin. And the problem with the YouTube show was by the time it had been edited and put together and uploaded it was already two or three days out of date a bulletin is only good for the for the for that one moment in time for which it's relevant yeah. whereas this sort of chat people can tune back into and it's i just needed some place where i could be openly enthusiastic mm. about the things that i really enjoy in life yeah. Monkey Spanner came from uh, what happens if we record what we say on a Saturday night. <laughs> Which uh, was uh, a, bit, a, a little bit more structured. For me, it came from listening to Kevin Smith's mm. podcast. Yeah. Which is essentially just him and his mates sat talking. Well, I used to, I listened to uh, One Per Diem, the, the one he does with, with Jen Schwalbeck yeah. and his wife. Listen to that one. I've listened to uh, Jay and Simon Bob Grow Old as mm. well a few times. But I used to listen to them here whilst working my dissertation I sit in the library with my headphones on listening to the podcast yeah. writing my dissertation up um, but yeah and that, then that's just the a combination of things just kicked me into gear to actually doing it yeah yeah. and I think I I don't necessarily judge the show by the number of listeners it gets I mean I think we're doing pretty well in terms of listeners yeah, we, yeah, got we, good, are, we got yeah, yeah, we have good well. figures and Really, we are really grateful for that. The thing that I thing for me, which would identify this show as a success, is I've had various pieces of feedback where people said they've listened to the show and they've started talking to the radio. Yeah, yeah, I've had a few people say that. At the point where they started engaging in the conversation before they realised they're not actually having the conversation, that means we're doing it right. Yeah. Um, but we have Facebook and we have Twitter. And we have the wonky spanner website. We have the Nervous's World website. So this conversation does go two ways. Yeah. So listeners, get in touch with us. I think that's what I'd like to see more of. I mean, I'd like to see the listeners coming back and, and talking to us more. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's nice, and it, it's starting to trickle through now. We're getting yeah. people saying stuff back to us. Now the the five the five films list that's mm. that's getting people talking. Um, but yeah, just 
ask us stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Use use whatever hashtag you want. Use hashtag NVW, <laughs> yeah. hashtag no versus will. We're just just ask us stuff. Just, yeah, just tell us so we can follow it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't have to, if you want to like the page on Facebook, you can, but you don't have to like oh, the God, Facebook. There's, yeah, there's loads of different places you can yeah. go to consume. I'm using the yeah. Wonky Spanner site just to listen to it on there. You can go on there and listen to it. You don't have to interact with it at all. Just listen to the thing on there. It's great. Something you can do whenever, really. Yeah, Just yeah. Doing, doing some housework and just listen to it. And listen to us talking nerd. Yeah. <laughs> talking absolute rubbish most of the time. <laughs> I want to go back, if I may, to topic from a few podcasts ago uh-huh. where we were talking about the future of the genre show sure. where we saw it because there was an announcement this week by Ridley Scott and Machinima yes that they are getting together to work on 12 sci-fi shorts mm-hmm. for the Machinima channel this is going back towards what we were talking about the genre show moving away from mainstream television mm-hmm. and moving into the online market well because is this one it, correct me if I'm wrong it is scheduled to be webisodes isn't it yeah 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 and it's his commercial making company I think yeah uh, so they've got they've got some pretty good talent working there because I think Catherine Bigelow works for this company and I think uh, Neil Blomkamp works for them as well mm. so they have a lot of very big names in the, very in big the names very talented directors with story and essentially with stories to tell mm. And now this collaboration is giving them the chance to tell their stories. Mm. So I think it's going to be... I think the future is certainly much more optimistic for yeah. the science fiction genre. Well, because uh, Machinima, aren't they the ones who released the um, BSG Blood and Chrome? I'm not sure they did that one. They did uh, Mortal Kombat Legacy and they right. did Halo Forward Until Dawn. Right. Um, I'm not sure if Blood and Chrome was on Machinima. Yeah, but I've got a feeling that it was. Uh, yeah, it may well have been. It's the sort of thing that I would imagine would be on Machinima. Yeah. Um, so yeah, because we were, we were kind of down on the future. I, I wasn't. I was optimistic about it. I was saying, you know, that's the, that, that's where it's going to be. It's all going to be online, and people will get together and do stuff, and it'll be cool. I think I was just heartbroken at the end of Fringe. <laughs> that's possibly what it was. The licking wounds yeah. from not being finished. Um, but yeah, so it's certainly looking bright. Um, although there is one bit of sad news for sci-fi this week, and that was the end of the Clone Wars cartoon. Yes, yeah, that's coming to an end. Um, how, how many seasons have they done now? Well, they're in the fifth season at the moment. Yeah. Um, they said that they're not working on any more cartoons for the Cartoon Network, but they have said that they have a few more story arcs to go. And they're up to episode 20 of season five, so I, that to me hints at... One more season. One more season to finish it off. But not on the Cartoon Network, mm. so directly through Disney. Yeah. Um, and they've still got loads of stories to tell. Yeah. Because they've not got as far as episode three yet. Mm. They're still bridging that gap, and I would like to see them close that gap. And I'd like to see a series, or maybe half a series, deal with the in- the events between episode three and episode four. So look at the Jedi yeah. Purge, look at uh, the Rise of Starkiller, uh, Look at the Jedi's that survived Order sixty six. Yeah, because there was a handful scattered throughout the galaxy. Yeah, absolutely. Go and focus on their stories. The only problem is that series is going to end very badly yeah. for the Jedi. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's not it's not the it's not the fluffy sort of show that Disney are going to put out. TV programming, <laughs> but it's what I want to see. <laughs> uh, so make it happen, Disney. <laughs> show me a cartoon series of Jedi's being killed <laughs> uh, by Vader. <laughs> And his apprentice, please. 
talking of the future, wouldn't what do you think is going to happen in the future? Do you think we're going to have like flying cars everywhere, things like that? We can only hope, Megan. I want to see my hoverboard first. Hoverboard, that's what I really want. Hover back bikes. The, back to the future part two. Hoverboards and flying cars. So you said the same as me when you said this. <laughs> Hoverboards. Back, back to the present. <laughs> Uh, I think we're quite a way off yet. Yeah. Um, I think there have certainly been advances recently in technology towards making these sort of things possible. I mean, we talked about 3D printing recently. Mm. We talked about 3D printing possibly aping the replicators from Star Trek, yeah. although we think we both admitted it was quite a way off a yet. A long way off. Star Trek. No, the food replicators. Uh, as in Star food Trek. replicators, not little skittery beasties. Oh, the skittery beasties! <laughs> well, that's what I want to see. But I think I think that's a really valid question, and I think if you look at things that we have now, if you look at the iPad, for example, and if you go back twenty odd years to Star Trek: The Next Generation, where they have Pads. the little touch tablets, which are essentially uh, an iPad. Yeah. I think. Or a tablet. I think I don't think it's massively unrealistic to imagine a future maybe 20 years from now where we have things like hover, hoverboards and hovercars. I certainly like I'd like to see it happen. Okay. flip communicators that seemed impossible, didn't it? You just flip a communicator and speak to somebody yeah. else. And that, I mean, was, that, that was that became a mobile phone. You know that you get in spy movies sometimes when you got computers in glass Glasses. That's, that's, that's what Google you're Glass. Now, yeah, yeah. Well, Google Glass. They're coming out soon. But well, because yeah, you, you see my, my my glasses. Yeah, that's what I, I want. But something that just looks a little bit more casual. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, yeah. <laughs> to, to be fair, yeah. Mine requiring <laughs> a, a huge square nine volt battery pack and stuff to carry it around on a rucksack. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, the two issues we seem to be really having a problem with in technology, even though we're getting things a lot smaller, is is floating and flying seems to be a personal floating and flying well. seems to be a little impossible at the moment and the other thing is being invisible as much as they do these um where they film it and, that, and then project what should be behind yeah. you and all sorts of things it's Stand not it's not really getting it's not the there, same is it yeah. <laughs> it's not well, it's not it's not cloaking really well, i think i've got it just get a t-shirt and some trousers and kind of face paint and dye your hair into the colour of the background but you can't move you've just got one shape <laughs> you just can't move that is, that is a ridiculously effective way of cloaking but you have zero movement That's so essentially you, you can camouflage yeah, at the end of Sherlock Holmes too <laughs> I was th thinking no he does for building oh the film <laughs> right. he's a sofa no, I, th I, th I think the future could have a tremendous possibility. Um, you know, you've always... Because Mummy was saying about floating is getting um, kind of impossible, but, well, when you get all these kind of films that say you've always got that kind of little power of fire just pushing down on... Onto the floor, thing. yeah, because mm -hmm. we can do that. We can do a jetpack if we kind of make that a bit bigger. I'm sure we can achieve something. There's a wonderful quote by Carl Sagan. He said that all children are born natural scientists, but we slowly beat it out of them. Um, 
or words to that effect, I'm paraphrasing that. This absolute lust that you have for doing these marvellous things, don't ever lose it. <laughs> don't ever lose it. Don't ever lose the wonder. Ever. And that goes for anybody listening. Absolutely. Don't ever lose it. Just Keep your inner child. Yeah, and just... Be um, creative. Yeah, and just keep imagining things. But yeah, you know, you, you're talking, essentially, you're talking miniaturising tiny little rocket pieces just for the sake of being able to levitate and float a little bit. Yeah, because... Um, sounds so, sounds so plausible when you put it on. Because if you've got, like, jetpacks, you just press buttons and things, you can kind of make a kind of hover scooter if you've got, like, a scooter with all the controls of a scooter, but it's got kind of little jetpack things instead of wheels. And then you can kind of move around by the handles. You could do it. I mean, there is... Uh, I think it's in Holland. I think it's being trialled in Holland, certainly. But they have a road. And the road has been underlain with... I'm going to get my facts horribly wrong here. Uh, but some sort of fabric that will allow electric cars to charge themselves as they drive along it. And it's also got pigments in it so that when it freezes it will actually display in colour on the road black ice patches as warnings to drivers. The lights on the side of the road are permanently off until you approach them, sensors sense you coming and turn on and then turn off as you go past. So it's a road that is very much aware of who is driving on it at what time. That's pretty cool. So, so if you could underlay a road with some sort of magnetic material and then have a car where the bottom of it was the opposite pole to the road, you could potentially maglev. Well, there's one kind of thing that would be wrong with that, because then all the traffic light system would kind of go, because if it would turn on when you're coming. Oh, no, no, not the, not the traffic lights, the, uh, uh, the road lights. The road yeah, lights. but... To help you the traffic, see, not traffic. The traffic, uh, lights, the traffic lights would stay on. Yeah. But, yeah, no, so... In answer to your question, where do I see the future? Well, I see the future being a tremendous wealth of possibility, and it's young minds like yours with imagination that will help shape it. So keep dreaming big. Well, because you, you know that when kind of you always got these kind of futuristic trains and stuff, like in kind of tubes that it just goes straight past, but. I don't think it would work like that because would, that would just be a bit weird because if you were doing it and you were going down and you didn't have... and you were just controlled by the parts on the outside, how would you get back up again? There was something I saw this week um, along the same sort of lines. I'll see if I can find the video for it. I can't remember all details off the top of my head. So it will have to be in the video. But essentially, the vacuum tubes that they use in banks to transport canisters... The system. Yeah. yeah. There was a video with a, a larger version of that, which could essentially be used as a tube transportation for trains. So it would be maglev trains within this sort of system where they would reach massive speeds but still not subject the passengers to great Gs. Um, and it could make worldwide travel a thing, a case of hours rather than sort of like mm. 24 hours to Australia. It could be like, they reckoned 
they reckon I think an hour or two hours to America from here oh. using this tube system. Um, but I'll put it in the I'll put it in the description because oh. that's something that I can't actually remember off the top of my head. How about you? Where do you see the future? Well, I think that it could either get much better or much worse. All right. Okay. So yeah, right. either utopian or dystopian. <laughs> either things will get really really good or things will get worse. Yeah. It's oh, okay. Because right. it. Who knows what's going to happen? It's in the future. Oh, you do. <laughs> make it happen. Oh. <laughs> it's down to you to make it yeah. good. Well, we'll do what we can, obviously. Yeah. You know. flying car, you're going to have to learn how to make flying cars. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to study a few movies then, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some or science. science. Yeah. <laughs> or science. Yeah. You, can, you can either watch films or learn. I'll do both. Do both, do both. That's all we do. We study a bit of science, watch a lot of films. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everything I know in life I learned from sci-fi. <laughs> Pretty much. Still trying to make a woman like weird science thing. <laughs> yeah. My brother watched that film every day for about three months when he was younger. Yeah, hooking my sister's Barbie up to the car battery never did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, I, I think we'll probably draw a line under that for this week. And, uh, yeah, unless we've got anything else to talk about um, this week? No, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I did want to talk about Defiance, but we'll probably get onto that another, another time. I think that starts in April, which is a intriguing-looking mix between a it's, sci-fi programme and a third-person shooter. It's a nice MMO. Is it's, it? It's a, it's a massively multiplayer online role-play game. Yeah, yeah it's a third-person. Yeah. Yeah. But it's one where the actions of the TV show will affect the game, and the actions of the game will affect the TV but show. You see, now I can't, I can't see how the vice versa is going to work on that. I understand how the show affecting the game works because something happens in the show, they know it's going to happen, therefore yeah. they can make it happen in the game. Something that happens in the game is going to take until next season to affect the show. Yeah. Well, that's how it will work. Yeah. But then they're not at all taking into consideration the mentality of MMO players. And I am a player mm. of MMOs. You reach a level gap, yeah. you start again. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, I think it's a nice concept. And I've seen the trailer for it. Mm. Uh, we'll talk about it more in future. We'll though, talk about it more in yeah. future, because I think it's got a very interesting cast list yeah. stuff as well. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get on next time, I think. But, uh, yes, so I think... I'll, I'll, all it remains once again to say a big thank you to Professor Elemental for letting us use uh, his fighting trousers this week. Yeah. Big thank you to our guests, to Megan and to Emma. Thank, thank you. you. I've been Brendan. And I've been Spindles. Uh, thank you for listening. Until next time, take care and be excellent to each other. <laughs>